This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. This BFM Budget 2023 special is brought to you by Ma Singh. 7.48 Monday, the 27th of February. And of course, you're listening to The Morning Run. Like we said, we'll be examining Budget 2023 from different perspectives this morning. Earlier on, we looked at what the impact will have on the broader economy. We now turn our attention to the different taxes and initiatives announced. At first glance, Budget 2023, which is the largest in history, seems at odds when the Prime Minister has repeatedly warned of our mounting debts. However, this is tempered by government taxes, which rose last year to 294.4 million. Thanks to strong economic growth of close to 9% last year. However, with most forecasting slower growth in 2023, will tax revenue keep up pace with government spending? And what were some of the new taxes that were announced last Friday that are of significance? For answers, we speak to Sim Kwangate, country tax leader at Deloitte Malaysia. Good morning, Kwangate. Thank you for speaking to us again. Now, what was your overall view of the retabled budget 2023? What was significantly different from the October version? Good morning, Xiaoning. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, it, it is certainly an expansionary budget. I think one that is much bigger than the October one. Yeah, we are seeing a bigger uh, budget allocation of uh, $386 billion compared to $372 billion previously. And uh, deficit, uh, it, it is lower by 0.5%. And this would mean that uh, government revenue would need to be higher and indeed this time the total government revenue is expected to go up by 19 billion compared to the October version and this is largely contributed by increase in direct taxes by about 12 billion. From a tax point of view, I think this budget is looking towards um, the affluent, the well-to-do groups to contribute more as you can see the um, tax hike on the T20 groups, the luxury good uh, taxes, the impending capital gains tax, as well as voluntary disclosure programs. And these are measures that will not burden the lower income group. Um, what I like in this, uh, is this, in this uh, budget proposal is the uh, measures to facilitate uh, investments that are focusing on high impact high technology investments. You hear about the um, um, Invest Malaysia Council together with National Committee on Investments that will join forces to expedite approvals for high potential investment projects. Um, Permuda will be empowered as the national unit to enhance our uh, investment climate. Um, so these are very good measures, uh, Xiaoning. Yeah, I mean, I think you, you talk about the investment opportunities there, but let's just stay focused on the tax, you know, especially make, making the reference to the, it's not T20, but here now to the M40, because they did extend a 2% tax reduction for those with a chargeable income between thirty five to 100,000 ringgit annually. What's the mechanism of this whole restructured tax uh, regime then? So this time around, uh, there is certainly something for the M40 group, uh, like you said, 2% tax cut on the income bracket uh, of uh, between 35000 to 100000 So the 2% uh, reduction in tax rate here will result in tax savings um, between 300 ringgit to 1,300 uh, ringgit, depending on where your income tax bracket is. Um, so for example, if you earn between 
uh, more than 70,000, but uh, less than 100,000 in a year, then the tax savings is um, 1,300 ringgit. This is a good pro proposal in my view. It gives um, higher disposal, disposable income for the M40 group. I think the loss in tax revenue shouldn't be too much of a concern because the tax savings will find its way back to the economy via consumer spending. That's also a repeat of the voluntary disclosure program, which is a 100% penalty waiver if made between 1st June 2023 to 31st May 2024. How much can be collected? Is this attractive for taxpayers? Um, I think it is attractive. Firstly, is because of the penalty waiver. It is 100% this time. If you compare to the previous uh, voluntary disclosure program that was launched by LHDN back in between 2018 to 2019, um, you pay about 10% 10 or 15% of the tax underpaid as penalty. So in other words, it's a 90% or 85% penalty waiver. This time around, it's 100 percent penalty waiver. Um, how much was collected previously was, um, it was reported is about 8 billion. Um, this time around, um, I do see from the economic report um, that is higher, higher corporate tax, uh, corporate income tax collection by about 14 billion. Uh, individual income tax is expected to go up by about 1.5 billion. So I think the increase in corporate tax and individual income tax may be due to the voluntary disclosure programs that the government is looking at. Now, another surprise actually from this budget was the proposal to introduce capital gains tax in 2024 on disposal of unlisted shares. Is this a positive or negative move? Do we have details? This, this is um, perhaps, I think, the most controversial tax propo proposal in Budget 2023. And um, it is looking to tax gains from disposal of unlisted shares. Um, yes, although it will contribute to revenue collection, I think the impact on businesses needs to be considered. Factors such as um, impact on mergers and acquisition activities in Malaysia, uh, Malaysia's attractiveness for inbound M&A, cost of doing business, um, as well as things like, you know, uh, companies do do a lot of internal restructuring uh, within the group. Are these transactions going to be subject to capital gains tax? Also, if we, if we look at our neighbours, yeah, by comparing to our regional peers, Singapore doesn't have a capital gains tax regime. But um, countries like um, Thailand, Indonesia, Vietnam, Philippines, they all do have uh, capital gains tax. The only difference is that uh, with Malaysia is that these countries, they tax capital gains tax, uh, capital gains as part of their income tax regime. Malaysia is a little bit different in the sense that we already have the real property gains tax which uh, it is like a limited capital gains tax. It taxes uh, gains arising from disposal of properties as well as um, shares of real property companies. So it's a little bit different. So the question now is that, is this the right time to do, to do this, uh, to introduce this tax? Is this the best way to broaden our revenue base? I think new taxes are never popular. So we need to consider the cost-benefit analysis before jumping 
into the capital gains tax regime. I think in a time where we want uh, more vibrancy, more activities in the market and making Malaysia as competitive as can be, we should think about uh, this carefully and it's good to know that the government will consult uh, relevant stakeholders and do a more detailed study before its implementation. Mm. And you know, every budget we talk about the SMEs, SMEs being the bedrock of the economy, and this time around they're enjoying a reduction in the corporate income tax rate by about 2%. Is this a game changer or are there other other initiatives in the budget that will support them? Yeah, there's a 2% uh, reduction. So currently uh, SMEs, they are subject to 17% on the first chargeable income up to 600000 the remaining will be subject to 24%. A 2% reduction would mean that 15% is applied on the chargeable income up to 150000 So that gives you a tax savings of 3000 ringgit. Um, then uh, income more than 150000 to 600000 it is at 17%, and the balance is 24%. Whether 3000 ringgit is significant, I think... Um, it does provide some relief, but uh, not not that meaningful to me, in my view. I think a more a more meaningful one would be to uh, uh, to give the fifteen percent for chargeable income, not more than six hundred thousand. Yeah, and that will give you a tax savings of twelve thousand. Um, again, uh, having a two percent cut, then we are seeing SME be subject to a three tier tax rates. To me, this is um administratively more cumbersome. Um, in terms of other uh, proposals for SMEs, I do see a lot of financing facilities available for the SME, totaling about $40 billion. And Malaysia has quite ambitious plans to be net zero by 2050, but what initiatives and taxes were offered to encourage sustainability and the use of renewable energy? I think for, for, for the environment, I do see measures around um, encouraging use of electric vehicles, EVs. There are import duty, sales tax, as well as excise duty exemptions on import, importation of um, EVs, the components that will be used for locally assembled EVs, as well as the um, locally assembled CKD EVs. Um, for the businesses, if you are venturing into manufacturing of um, EV charging equipment, there are very attractive tax incentives being offered. Um, it can go up to 10 years, 10 years of tax holiday or uh, investment tax allowance, which is the additional capital allowance for capital expenditure. There's also incentive for companies to adopt uh, carbon capture storage technology and the incentives are pretty much similar to the one for the EV charging equipment. Alright, thank you very much for your time. That was Sim Kwan Gay, Country Tax Leader at Deloitte Malaysia, giving us all the details with, uh, with regards to the different taxes and initiatives available. Up next, of course, is the Breakfast Grill, where Philip C. will speak to So Lian Singh, Head of Tax at KPMG, and Dr. Trisha Yeo, CEO Ideas for a deeper dive on our budget 2023 that's happening after the 8 a.m. News Bulletin. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. This BFM Budget 2023 special was brought to you by Marseille. Reinvent spaces, enhance life. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.